Welcome back, everyone, to Your Life, God's Word, where we take the principles found in Scripture and we apply them to our everyday lives, those areas that are most important, faith, family, and community. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back. We are here with uh, yet, yet another episode, and uh, we're going to be diving into some, some I think, interesting scriptural concepts in, uh, in this one. We're going to tag on to and, and, and continue on with our, uh, our discussion of uh, the beast, the, the system of the world, uh, the kingdom of God, all that, um, all that we've been doing over the last few weeks. I know we took a little bit of a of a sideline uh, last week uh, to show where some of this stuff actually shows up in our culture and how it affects and impacts our everyday lives, which your life, God's word, right? It's not just a dry reading of, of the word of God, but also shows how the, the word of God is alive. It's a living word, God's living word, and uh, it applies to our lives. Um, the worst thing we could do is uh, study the Word of God, and it's all just hypothetical, theoretical, and we don't actually um, grow from it, learn from it, apply it to our lives, and benefit from it. That would be an absolute uh, work in futility. So uh, we're here in the new studio, uh, just like last episode, still coming together. Little changes here and there, as I said, probably would happen. Um, shout out goes to uh, my buddy uh, AJ. He is the uh, contractor that uh, that built this beautiful home from the ground up. So we're definitely uh, thankful for that. Anybody that's looking for a contractor, look them up. A and A Design. 
Um, he and his wife, Amy, we've actually got to know them personally. And, um, you know, just it's awesome to be able to build those relationships with people. And uh, so, I mean, if he ends up seeing this, um, shout out to you, my man. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And uh, for those wondering, no, uh, I didn't get anything for that plug. <laughs> Just a friend of mine who I want to uh, say thank you to uh, publicly. And also, uh, hey, if I can get him some business, all the better. All the better. Um, and then also, uh, a guy, uh, Matt, that works with him. I'm not using any last names in case. They, I, I don't think they would be worried about it, but just in case. Uh, he, uh, you see the wall behind me has changed since last time. So he did this awesome shelf behind me up here and uh, built out this wall based off of a, of a picture that my wife gave him. She's got a great eye for um, design and stuff. And he was like, yeah, I could do that. Knocked it out a couple of days. Just uh, good stuff. Thank you guys. Really appreciate it. And, um, and uh, looking forward to doing many, many, many podcasts in this room. Uh, so we uh, we're back and um, I, uh, I want to continue on with some some pretty deep deep things from the Word of God that I believe really do uh, speak to some of the things we're seeing especially in our in our Western culture right now um, so let's let's just go to the word and, and and build on some of the things we've already talked about. And uh, we're going to go to the book of Revelation uh, first. And again, there have been some episodes leading up to this. So I might say some things that you're like, well, you didn't really build a case for that. Go watch the other episode. And then if you still don't think I built a case for it, well, reach out, contact me. Happy to uh, answer a question or two or whatnot, um, or even uh, address a whole, a whole issue. Maybe do a little more study. Uh, maybe even change my mind if it's uh, I, I'm shown in Scripture that I'm incorrect on something. But I don't think this is all that controversial. I just think it's something that a lot of people don't focus on, um, maybe as much as they should. Uh, so again, we've got the the concept of of a beast, right, from Daniel, Revelation, these kinds of uh, uh, prophetic books, and that beast represents systems within the world. We could say government, but it really is a, an entire kind of system. I loop that into things like government, education, entertainment, which would comprise things like uh, movies, music, um, sports, right? We've got the media, uh, all, all that stuff just kind of crammed together are different uh, heads of the beast, you might say. <laughs> just... Uh, Kind of tongue in cheek, just kind of, but uh, these are the. This is the system that that comprises the beast, and um, in in the Word of God, we we see that we see beasts of different sorts and types that represent kingdoms, right? But within that kingdom, right, they didn't have CNN, Fox News, uh, NBC, and all this stuff. They had. Uh, the decrees that came out from the king. Well, they had a quote-unquote media, but it, it would all just flowed maybe from the palace, right? The heralds and things like that. But today they're a little more, you know, a little more segmented, although I think there's a lot more coordination and control than some of us want to admit. But anyway, uh, 
what we have going on in the um, in the book of Revelation, I'm going to go to uh, chapter, uh, where do I want to go? Chapter 12, just to show something. Um, so this is Revelation chapter 12 and uh, verse 7. It says, Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. So the, the dragon in this context in this context is a he. It's a specific um, entity. Uh, but he, the dragon, was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down. That ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. So, in the context of Revelation, especially here in these chapters, we're, when we're talking about the dragon, we're talking about Satan. We're talking about uh, the devil. And then, without reading every word of every one of these chapters, I'm going to skip down to chapter 13. So, not that far from chapter 12 to 13, but we're going to chapter 13. And we already read this a little bit. Uh, more in depth, so we're going to maybe speed along a little bit. Uh, chapter 13, verse 1 says, And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns, seven heads, with ten diadems on its horns, and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's, its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. Ah, now, again, in the context of some of this prophetic language, and you can agree to disagree if you don't believe this, but, right, we go to Daniel, we see here, when we're talking about this beast, it's like this this system of, you know, socio-political, governmental, right, just kind of this, this entity that is a kind of a governing, ruling system rises up. Uh, we've got the diadems, right, so the, like crowns on its head, and it's got authority and all this stuff. And the dragon gives his power, it literally says his throne, okay, and his power. Who, who's the dragon? I just said in chapter 12, it's, it's Satan. So Satan gives his power, his throne, right, his authority, his rulership to this beast. So you have a system, men in a worldwide and again, it doesn't have to be worldwide. Uh, it's a system. Behind that system is the dragon, the authority, the power, the, the driving force behind the system. We'll just say government to wrap it all up, okay? Uh, uh, to, but you know what I mean, right? All the different facets. We talk about the different, you know, I say we. Uh, people talk about the seven mountains of culture and all this stuff, but, the, but basically, the, like the forces in the world, things like education, entertainment, uh, um, media, government—you know—these these things kind of coalesce into the beast. And so you've got this beast, this system, this, this governmental system, and you have behind it Satan working through. The beast. 
Uh, verse 3, one of the heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed. The whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. They worshipped the dragon. So they're worshipping the dragon while following the beast. For he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? Um, so you've got this kind of duality of worship, but ultimately it's kind of... the you get this picture of the dragon is behind the beast, kind of animating and kind of pushing and kind of giving his power, which it literally says that, um, to the beast. And so uh, we, we read about the, there, there's a second beast here. And, and I don't want to, again, a lot of this is imagery and stuff, and I'm, I'm not trying to make a specific, like, uh, um, a, a specific point, a specific government in the world right now. I'm just saying in general, the, the, the concept from Scripture is this. You have spiritual forces behind the natural systems that we see. We see natural systems of education, media, government, things like that. Behind those things, there are spiritual forces at work. Now, this is not something that I think most people who are Christians or even familiar with the Bible or whatever, most people would probably, yeah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. When you do a quick summary or analysis of the of the Bible and you see the different, you go to the Old Testament, you see the different nations, and we'll probably get into that a little bit, you know, Deuteronomy 32 and all that, but the different nations, a lot of them have a spiritual force kind of behind them. Um, when you uh, When you survey... Uh, portions of the Word of God, you see this is a pretty common theme really all throughout. If we go to Revelation uh, chapter 1 and uh, starting with the the writings to the seven churches, right? This is uh, verse 10. Uh, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, this is verse 11 now of Revelation 1, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, uh, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And so uh, we know, a lot of people know about these uh, seven churches and the writings of the seven churches. And then if you go to uh, chapter 2, to, he's writing to these churches, and he says, To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write. Um, now, it, it definitely seems that each one of these churches has a almost like a regional type of authority or whatever in that place where they are, um, and God is governing the church, even though the institution of the church is what? The institution of the church is, uh, there, there's humans there. There's, there, there's uh, you know, they're meeting in homes. They're out in the, out in the public. They're, you know, all these things. And so, again, he's not writing to, you know, a specific, he's not writing to the building, to a building or to a home or to, he's writing to the people, the church. Now, to the angel or the messenger, right, of the church in Ephesus, write this. Uh, I think the the understanding there is, you know, yeah, I, I, you can say that's the, well, that's the leader, the one leader of the church. I mean, mm, okay. 
Um, but it could just as well be talking, and I think this is this is what it's talking about, that there's a partnership there. There are spiritual forces behind the forces of the church. Uh, why do I get this? Why do I think this? Well, if you, and again, Revelation throughout uh, kind of gives this picture. But if you go and you look at some, maybe some more common uh, places in the New Testament, let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 says this, For by him, talking about Christ, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, uh, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, or all things, oh, or sorry, not or, all things were created through him and for him. Okay? Now, maybe a more popular portion that talks about the same thing, but remember, Things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities. Now, if you go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, and uh, some people probably already know it's going to eventually end up here or go here, but this is a pretty popular portion of Scripture, right? Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, it, it, it's telling us about sort of the system that we're fighting against. And we're not ultimately fighting against flesh and blood. We're not ultimately against the, uh, you know, against the people in a government or against the people in the media or whatever it might be. Our ultimate enemy is what? The forces behind those things. But how does, right, how, how do the authorities, the principalities, how do they manifest or how do they make themselves known or how, how do they operate in the world? Well, they operate through people. They operate through people. And so you have systems, uh, you have organizations that are set up, you have this, uh, these different uh, cultural spheres, right? The education system, uh, the media, um, you know, Hollywood, the music industry, these things. And that's how spiritual forces would have any impact on the earth. They work through these physical things that are there. And uh, so again, I'm just showing you that it's not it's it's not just you know, revelation. you got to read into stuff or whatever. It, it, it's right there in the book of Colossians. It's right here in the book of Ephesians that these are the things kind of behind the scenes that we are warring against, that we are that 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 are our ultimate enemies. Uh, verse 13 says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore having fastened on. And of course, this goes into the what we call the armor uh, of God. But it talks about we've got this armor, right? We're combating what? The evil one. We are working against who? Right? Satan, ultimately, and his forces, which we learned in Revelation. That's the dragon. And the dragon gives its power to what? The beast. <laughs> right? So I think it's it's good for us to understand that 
when evil stuff comes out of Hollywood, which is almost all that comes out of Hollywood nowadays, right? Uh, when evil things come out of the music industry, I saw a headline recently, read a little bit on, you know, the, the country music awards, uh, you know, that, that was supposed to be the safe place where, you know, man, it's God guns and country or whatever. Right. Um, you know, good old fashioned family values and country music. Now I don't particularly, li- I, I don't listen to really worldly music, um, at all. I, uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> you let the Holy Spirit, uh, govern your actions. But, uh, I was actually in a, in a prayer meeting and fellowship, uh, last night and a couple of gentlemen, uh, we were in a men's, men's meeting and, and a couple of gentlemen who have, um, been, have come into the church just in the last, uh, you know, six to 18 months, a few people were talking and stuff and, and talking about how God led them. The spirit was kind of pricking their heart and telling them to give up listening to some of this worldly junk that they were listening to. Um, and one of them said, you know, it's, it's gar- garbage in, garbage out. If you're feeding your, your flesh, you know, words and lyrics that are, that are against God and against his ways and against the word of God and, and you know, uh, putting out principles and things of behavior and thought processes that are against the kingdom of God. Well, why would you want to listen to that? If you, if you really do have the spirit of God, if you really are a child of God, why would you want to listen and entertain yourself, you know, continually with stuff that is promoting the opposite? Well, I mean... I love God and I, you know, I hate the destruction of the family. And then I'm going to go listen to a bunch of songs that promote the destruction of the family. You know, I I hate what Satan has done to our society, but I'm going to go listen to a bunch of music that glorifies things that destroy society. (laughs) Right. I mean, uh, you know, whatever you do, you know, you do you bro. Um, but I'm just saying, you know, as a, as a person that is led by the spirit, Seriously, I, I just, it, next time you go to turn on some music in the car or, or whatever, just envision Jesus sitting right next to you. Would you really be turning that on with him sitting right there next to you? Like, oh, let's listen to something. Yeah, man. You know, some song dropping F-bombs all over the place, you know, denigrating women, uh, glorifying uh, drugs, alcohol, you know, whatever. And don't tell me country music is safe from any of this stuff. It's not. Um, and again, back to my point, what was there? What was on stage? Well, country music star with a bunch of drag queens on stage promoting all that go- comes along with that, you know? Um, wow, where's that come from? It comes from Satan. <laughs> Forces behind the systems, Okay. And when I, when I go to the churches in Revelation, why am I tying that in? Because, well, if Satan works that way, he's generally just trying to... He, where did he get his idea of how to set the systems up? When we look at the Word of God, this is how God works. God works in the earth through men. He has a kingdom. He has angelic hosts, messengers. He has different ranks and, and authority and stuff. You've got the, you know... Uh, apparently different types and classes of, of angels and stuff within the word of God. You got Michael and Gabriel and, you know, uh, 
why do why would we think that only Satan's kingdom is organized? <laughs> only Satan's kingdom has some organization. God is just kind of haphazard, you know, playing it by ear and you know, fl- flying off the cuff. No, no, he he he. This is exactly how the, the spiritual realm and the earthly realm work together. And folks, I just want to say, as as the kingdom of God, we should be doing things to promote the kingdom of God in our lives. We should not entertain ourselves. We should not constantly be inundated with the kingdom of Satan and everything that he is putting out through music, through television, through movies, through all of it, and then turn around and we go to church on Sunday, or we pray in our room, or we pray over our food, or what in the world, right? Uh, that's, that's been the church for many decades, and look at, look at where we are. Look at where we are. We need some real uh, kingdom come Christianity uh, back in the West, back in the United States, if we're going to survive at all, and uh, I, that's up in the air. I, I don't. I think that's up to us. I don't think God cares one way or the other if the United States is here in a hundred years, um, because God is God is sovereign and He can work through uh, whatever system it happens to be there. <laughs> right? He can work in the middle of Babylon. He can work in the. Uh, in, in the in the ages of the of the Caesars and uh, Rome, he can work in um, in modern day America, or he or or not. He it can crumble and turn into something else, and he can work in that system. Uh, or he yeah, I mean, that, that that's he's not relegated to a specific type of governmental system. But back to my my point. My point is you see one of the quote-unquote mountains of culture, right, entertainment, one that was supposed to be safe. It's God, country, guns, you know, family. And here we are getting inundated with a bunch of satanic evil nonsense. Um, Of course, I say we. I don't watch the country music awards, right? (laughs) It's a bunch of worldly stuff, even if they weren't doing that. Um, back when they did the, you know, the, the Grammys and all this stuff, like I don't watch the Grammys anyway. If they, if, even if they didn't have an overtly satanic like ritual during the Grammys, the Grammys is still satanic. The Grammys is still evil. The Grammys have been evil. Pro- I mean, I don't know when the Grammys came out. I could probably look it up on Google, but it's always been okay. If they're not, if they're not putting out music that glorifies Jesus, then what are they putting music out about? Okay. It's glorifying man, which is glorifying Satan. Um, so, so again, uh, there, there's only, there's only two kingdoms, folks. There's Satan's kingdom, um, and there's God's kingdom, and it's going to play out in the earth through men, which one plays out, I think is up to us. And I think that's why we need to be people who pray your kingdom come, your will be done. Uh, Matthew six, I think, um, we need to seek first the kingdom of God. Also Matthew six, we need to be people that recognize we are up against spiritual forces, but these spiritual forces uh, they manifest. That's just a fancy word for you know, kind of they 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 show up. They make themselves known um, in physical reality, and in the Bible, a lot of times that is referred to as the beast, the totality of this system that is pushing the agenda of the dragon or Satan. And if you look at the diff- if you look at the connection between some of these constituencies, right? What does atheism Think about just atheism for a minute. Think about it, right? Science-based, right? Or, or science, right? Science says this. We're just looking at facts and data. We're skeptics. Yeah, right. Um, and yet, not skeptical of some of the 
ridiculous, unscientific, non-biological things that are being pushed right now in society? How is that possible? Like atheists as a whole should be one of the absolute most ardent um, proponents of folks. Biologically, there's men and women. That, that's it. I mean, what? They should be the most vocal. But when you watch a lot of these guys, they're absolute squishes. They get on there. Well, you know, it's just, uh, why? Why is that? It makes no sense. If you're looking at it from a purely like logical human standpoint, when you say Satan has a lot of influence and control in both of these spheres and in these different spheres, and he's pushing a specific agenda, then you see how these different spheres can 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 seem to contradict, but all come together on an issue that you would think they'd be utterly opposed to each other on, right? Um, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, again, I, I could go on and on with examples. I'm just not going to do it right now because we're going to have multiple of these uh, these sessions, these podcasts. So, I, again, I don't even want to make each of them like super long because I mean, we can do we can do 15 of these if we need to to break this stuff down, go through different scriptures. And I, and I want to put it in more, I'll say, bite sizable chunks. You can go back and listen. You can go back and check out the scriptures. You can go, you know study and pray on this yourself. But again, I think in this episode, I just want to establish the idea, the understanding of you have a human system um, led by humans, right? If it's one as a like God, king, ruler, emperor, like Pharaoh or Caesar, or if it's a system that's uh, more derived by a coalition of, you know, people in different cultural uh, um, powerhouses or systems or uh, spheres uh, like, oh, there's there's government and there's uh, media and there's entertainment and uh, all this stuff. Either way, either way, there's a human front, there's a human system, and behind that system, there are spiritual forces. And which of those spiritual forces do we want it to be? Now, we already talked about um, Timothy, and we're going to uh, say it again, right? Paul instructs Timothy that we are supposed to pray uh, for kings and rulers and um, all these things in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Um, well, let's just go ahead and go there. 1 Timothy 2, uh, verse 1. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we, why would we do this? Why do we do this? That we, the church, may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Uh, this is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Uh, for there is one... Let's just keep reading. That's good stuff. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. For who? For all. For who? For all. Oh, no, no, no. For certain people. No, for all. Uh, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this, I was appointed a preacher and an apostle, I'm telling the truth, I'm not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. So, and then he talks, uh, goes on. I desire that uh, then that, that in every place the men should pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or quarreling. So this is what I want to uh, maybe leave you with. And then maybe we can jump into this a little bit more next time, build this out a little bit. I want men in every place to pray. 
I want you to uh, pray, you know, have supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings for, for all people, especially he narrows in on people in high positions, government power. Now, we, again, in that day, there was no Hollywood. There was no, like, huge music industry. There, there was no massive, um, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, it, uh, oh, my goodness. Mil, you know, military industrial complex. There, there, there weren't all these different things. When you said the king, the king ruled all those things, right? Uh, so when he's saying king and he's thinking of like Caesar or something like that, the, the king ruled all these different facets, all these spheres. Just because they're broken up in our, in our Western society, um, we need to be praying. I mean, he said for all people, we need to be praying for people in Hollywood. That God will save them and, and, and convert them and bring them into a kingdom mindset, not just save them into some Western, sloppy, wet noodle backbone, false Christianity that ends up being more harm than good, <laughs> right? I'm talking about real Christianity, you know, born again experience. Um, that's what we need. We need to be praying for that. And then, like I said, specifically those that are the, you know, high positions heavily influential people in society. Why? So that we, the church, can lead a peaceful and quiet life. But he goes on, right? Verse 8, we already read it, that men should be praying everywhere. So my question is, should men be praying everywhere? Should this influence of the church, the prayerfulness, the life of the church, should it be creeping into all areas of life, all areas of culture, all... Or should we just be relegated to the religious sphere over here at the church and then the rest of our lives, right? That's all just over here, kind of neutral ground, which there is no neutral ground. If it's neutral, as in not Christ-centered, Christ-oriented, then it's Satan, okay? <laughs> That's just the way it is. Now, Satan may have to creep in, bide his time, wait decades to really get to where he wants to be. But ultimately, if you're not pursuing Christ, if you're not pushing Christ, if you're not uh, Christ-centered, Christ-oriented, then you are then you are Satan-oriented. That's all there is to it. There's two. There are two teams in the game. There are two kingdoms. You're either Team Jesus or Team Satan. Now you may not be overtly Team Satan, but if you're not overtly, but you're also not overtly Team Jesus, you are inadvertently Team Satan, and that's the thing. That's just the reality of it. That's just the reality of it. So again, I, that's my question. Are we supposed to impact these other areas? Are we supposed to pray all places, every place, lifting up holy hands? Um, are we supposed to do this? Or are we just supposed to be the church quietly, meekly on Sundays, worshiping, loving God, and then going home You know, the other six days of the week and uh, not even giving any a second thought? So I'm going to leave it right there. Think about this. Pray about this. Look at the scriptures uh, You know, in Revelation in Colossians, in Ephesians. Uh, we've talked a little bit about um, some of the others in like Ezekiel, and I briefly mentioned those like Ezekiel and Isaiah, which we'll, we'll do more in depth on those, but I wanted to lay this groundwork first. Uh, Daniel, go read them. Go, go check it out. See, see, see for yourself. And I think God will start to open your eyes and give you revelation, at least this is my belief, that that will happen and you will start to see that, you know what, the church is supposed to have a kingdom impact in the earth. We're supposed to do more than just, you know, hide in a cave and hopefully win people over to Jesus and then we'll just get out of here. Um, it sounds to me like the Bible is more like, no, you you need to have an impact in the earth. Yes, you're going to have an eternal home in heaven and all this, and but 
We're supposed to be here on the earth impacting and showing forth the kingdom of God. And um, that's my my thesis. <laughs> that's my hypothesis. And uh, you're welcome to challenge it and look it up or, um, or look it up and agree with it. So love you guys. Hope this has been helpful. And uh, we're going to drop it right there. Catch up with you next time right here. Uh, your life, God's word. Love you. God bless you. We'll see you on the next episode.